0: Good afternoon, everybody. hope everyone's had a wonderful day. I know uh, we had a great uh, worship service this morning in Georgetown. I'm sure you had the same uh, here. I'm honored to be here. I've never been able to or never had the opportunity to speak here in Nicholsville, but I'm honored uh, there's a lot of people here who have known me for a long time probably have a lot of embarrassing stories S- some some people in here have known me since i since the day I was born and uh, you know I tell you. I appreciate very much the relationship that we get to have through Christ, and I love you guys very much. Um, I'm definitely not going to talk for six hours. Uh, funny story, I had a sermon put together, and I went home Friday night to study over it, and it got completely erased off my computer. So I put another one together, um, so we're, we're going to be all right, but it's not going to be six hours, so you can take a sigh of relief. Um, if you want to turn your Bibles to Psalm uh, 127, that's kind of going to be our foundation uh, text for our lesson uh, this afternoon, if you want to turn there, Psalm 127. Before we read there, I want us to think uh, about the fact that there are a lot of things in this life that most people desire to have. Uh, most people desire to have a good family life. Most people desire to to have protection from violence. You know, there, there's violence in this world that we would love to be protected from. A lot of people desire to have success in their careers. And I would even venture to say that most people would would desire to have a worship that is pleasing to God and to be a part of a church that is flourishing and growing and pleasing to our Lord. And all these things are great, and these are all things we should strive for, but they're all things that take a lot of time and effort in order to attain. It'd be nice if I could stand up here and say that as long as you try, you'll attain whatever your goal is. But we know that unfortunately that's not always the case. Just because we, our, our effort alone does not guarantee that we will obtain the things that we desire. For example, when I was younger, around eighth grade, freshman in high school, somewhere around there, I remember watching Tyson Gay run in the Olympics. You guys might remember Tyson Gay. He uh, was at one point the fastest man on earth until Usain Bolt came along and blew his record out of the water. But Tyson Gay at that point was the fastest man in the world. And I remember thinking, man, I want to be as fast as Tyson Gay. I even started running just to see if I could be that fast. And it really didn't take me that long to realize that I would never really be that fast. I, got, I guess I got in a little better of a shape, but I realized that there was no way I would ever be the fastest man on earth. There are some things that we just cannot do without God's blessings. I ask you to turn to Psalm 127, and let's consider uh, the words that the psalmist wrote here in Psalm 127. It said, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late to eat, bread, eat the bread of sorrows for those who gives or for, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them, they shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies at the gate. <clears throat> Our effort alone does not ensure that we will obtain the things that, are, that we strive for. Not all labor succeeds. There is a labor that fails. And in the verses that we just mentioned, um, all these efforts are mentioned to be as vain in the first two verses, right? It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Or unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. What does that mean? If something is vain, that means it's pointless, right? It's useless or it's empty. And why are these things useless? Why were these efforts empty? Well, because God was not behind them. If God is not behind the things that we strive to do, then they are vain and they are pointless and they are meaningless. This mor- or well, this afternoon, rather, I'd like us to look at just five areas in our life that if we do not put God in the center, then they will be in vain. And I know there's a lot more than five, but... We'll just look at five this afternoon, and hopefully we can learn some lessons um, to take home with us. The first area of our lives in which we need to make sure we're putting God first is in our families. Most of us desire to have a good family. Some people already have families. Some may not have uh, children or a wife yet. You know, There's people in all areas of, of their life, um, but most people desire to have a good life, to get along with their spouse, to, uh, to raise their children upright. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that. In fact, I'd say that's something that most people want. Um, But a good home requires God's blessing. Uh, Like we read in the first verse here of Psalm 127, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Now, some people will say that house in this verse is referring to the temple. But if I look at the context, I kind of think that it's talking about the home, right? Because it goes on to talk about children. So we see that Without the Lord's uh, blessing, without the Lord helping us build up our homes, we know that we're building them in vain. The center focus of our homes and the center focus of our families needs to be God. I grew up in a family of four, I a mom, dad, a son, and a daughter. You know, your average American family, right? Family of four. But they're families of all shapes and sizes. You've got families with a lot of people, and you've got families uh, with very, with very few kids or no kids at all. Uh, like we read in verse, uh, in verses 3-5, through five, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And the arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies at the gate. Children are a blessing from God. And to have a lot of them is a blessing. But you know... For those in this world who choose not to get married and not to have kids, you know, that's okay too. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 7, Paul tells us that you don't have to be married and have children and have a family in order to serve God. He says, for I wish that all men were even as myself, but each one has his own gift from God one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good to stay even as I am. If we go further down in the chapter to verse 32, he says, But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord and how he may please the Lord. Paul says there's advantages to being single. And we read in Psalms that there's advantages to having a family. So big family or no family at all, you can still serve God. But it is vital that we have God's blessing in our families no matter what. We have to put Him first in all things that we do. Uh, turn to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37. It tells us just how important it is to put God first in our families and in our lives. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37 says, Jesus tells us, or sorry, it says, He says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter, more than me, is not worthy of me. For those of you who have children, think about how much you love your children or even grandchildren. And he's saying we have to put God first, even above, the, even above them. And that's how we center our families around God. The second area of our life that we need to make God the focus of is in our security. I remember being a little kid and trying to say, you know, trying to pray every night before I'd go to bed and I'd be laying in bed And as a little kid, I was terrified of the dark, as most little kids are. And I remember thinking, number one on my list in my prayers was to keep me safe. You know, pray to God that he would keep me safe through the night. Um, And he always did. But whether, you know, we pray for protection from violence, there's a lot of violence in the world, or protection from a car accident or uh, whatever it may be, we all want to be safe. I think that's why throughout history, We see cities build walls around themselves or um, put watchtowers up so they're watching for the enemy. You know, everyone wants to be safe. But if we flip back to Psalm 127, it says, The watchman stays awake in vain unless the Lord guards the city. So we have to make sure that we are praying to God for our safety and looking to Him for protection and not our own protection. Unless we trust in God to be our guard, Our efforts to protect ourselves will be vain. They will be pointless and meaningless. You know, while you may be able to provide uh, a locked door or a security system in your home, ultimately, the one that's going to keep us safe is our Lord and Savior. If you want to flip back just a couple pages to Psalm 121, we see this idea of God protecting us. It says, I will lift my eyes to the hills from from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth; He will move or He will not allow your foot to be moved. He will keep He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper, and the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. From this time forth, and even furthermore, we see that God is the one that will protect us. He is the one that will guard our soul and that will keep us from evil. And I think um, it is important for us not to try and, you know, you could walk around worrying about something every single day, all the time. We have to trust in God that He will guide and protect us. The third area of our lives where I believe God needs to be um, in the center is in our work. No matter what your work is, whether it's your work uh, spiritually or whether it's your work secularly, we need to make sure that God is in the is the focal point. We all want to be successful in our workplace. A lot of people go and spend a lot of money and a lot of time in college to get that four year degree so that they can find a job and start a career and be successful in that. And some people decide to join the workforce right out of high school. Um, both are good, both are necessary. But regardless of how uh, you get there. Everyone wants to be successful. And God wants us to work hard as well. If we'll turn our Bibles to First Thessalonians chapter 4, we see this idea that God wants us to work with our hands. First uh, Thessalonians 4 and verse 11 says, "...that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we command you, that you may walk properly towards those who are outside." And that you may lack nothing. God wants us to strive to do well and, and help provide for those with less. Um, same thing in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. It says, Let him who st- uh, stole steal no more, but rather let him wor- uh, labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give uh, to, him, to him who is, has need. Uh, but true success in this life requires God's favor. There are a lot of successful people in this world who earn a lot of money and have a lot of things, but true success um, comes from God. And without God's help, our efforts uh, will be little, little more than gathering um, and collecting for others. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, I know I'm jumping all over the place, but if you'd like to follow along, Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 26 says, For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good good. In his sight, but to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting, that means that he may give to him who is good before God. This is also vanity and grasping for the wind. The key to our success in whatever it is that we do is to seek God over all else. A very popular verse in the New Testament is Matthew chapter six and verse thirty-three it says, "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you." We have to make sure that no matter what we're venturing out to do in this life, whether it be a doctor, lawyer, teacher, uh, mechanic, whatever it is that you're passionate about, make sure that God remains number one in your life. The fourth area of our lives in which God needs to be the focal point is in our battles. War itself is not desirable. We don't want war. We don't want that kind of thing. But sometimes war is inevitable. And when war is inevitable... Victory is desirable. We want to be victorious, especially when we're being attacked by an aggressive, uh, wicked uh, person. You know, America, this country, has been attacked in the past, and unfortunately, it could happen again. And that's why we have our government. um, That's why our government has armies and weapons and a powerful military in order to protect us from evil people in this world. And those are all necessary things. Um, But... Preparation by our government does not alone guarantee our success. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 31. Proverbs 21 verse 31 says, The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. Our preparation for battle, whether it be physical or spiritual, is important. But but it's nothing without God. We have to have God in our plans. Armies and weapons are not enough to ensure that we will be victorious. Psalm 33, verse 16 and 17 says, No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety, neither shall it deliver any by its strength. You know, many great nations in our world's history um, have come and gone and have fallen because they have turned their backs to God and they did not keep him the center of their uh, of their beliefs. A nation cannot hope for victory unless God uh, wills it. And finally, the last area of our lives that I believe we need to make sure that God is the focal point is in our worship. We're worshiping right now and God's desi- God desires that we worship him and that we worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter 4 and verse 23. This is a story that a lot of people are very familiar with. But He tells the woman at the well in verse 23, But the hour is coming, and now it is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the, spirit, or for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. It is our job to worship God. And, and we've done that today, and that's good. Uh, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. God wants us to worship him, and he asks us to do it in a way that pleases to him. And unfortunately, not all worship is acceptable to God. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 8 says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. <coughs> Excuse me. We see this uh, idea of vain worship in, Matthew, or in Mark chapter 7 in verse 7. It says, In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine as the commandments of men. When we try to worship in our own way... Um, a way that we feel is best without consulting God's word where he lays out his desires then our worship is in vain because God's not at the center of it we're not doing what God wants us to do this kind of worship is a labor that will indeed fail because it doesn't please God we have to remember in this life that whatever we do whatever our labor is we will fail unless God is involved. We have to look to God to build our families. We have to look to God to help us succeed in our careers. We have to look to God to keep us safe uh, during our battles. And we have to look to God to please Him during our worship. Let's remember what Solomon says in Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late and to eat the bread of, the, of sorrows for he gives his beloved sleep. To, sure, to ensure that our labor is not in vain we should have the attitude of Moses in Psalm chapter 90 or the 90th Psalm in verse 17. It says, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, yes, establish the work of our hands no matter what it is that you're doing in this life whether you're whether you're teaching a bible class or whether you're preaching a lesson or whether you're sitting and studying with someone who is lost or whether you're going to school or being a teacher or whatever it is that you do with your life we have to make sure that we look to god for guidance and that god is the center of our lives no matter what if you are not a christian this afternoon but You want to turn to God, and you want to have Him uh, guide you and direct you in your life, and whatever you do, now is the perfect time. You can turn from your sins. You can repent of them. You can confess uh, your faith in Jesus Christ, and you can be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, and you can truly make God the center of your life. Or maybe, for those of us who are Christians uh, already, maybe we realize... We haven't been leaning on God and that he hasn't been the center of our life. And to be honest, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to get overwhelmed in life and not have God at the center of our lives. But if you need our prayers or if you want encouragement, we're here to do anything we can. We love you and we hope that we can help you in any way that you need. Uh, If there's anything we can do for you, we hope you'll come now while we stand and while we sing.